Welcome to the Millennium Fandom. I am your host, Mike Bubbers. I am up here in the attic with the amazing, the wonderful, the talented, the very funny fellow cast member live from lacrosse, stand-up comedian, and now dramatic actor, Thank you. Liz Brannon. Hi, Thank Liz. You. It's so great to be here. I feel like I'm on like the Conan O'Brien podcast or something. It feels great. That's, well, I'm sorry. It's okay. I, I said I said something similar to Steve when I did the live podcast. I felt like I had oh, been really? on Marin's podcast. Oh, and, nice. You know, it's fun. It's cool when people have an idea and they're able to run with it. So, well, I'm trying. You're doing I'm a trying. great job. You're oh, doing a great job, buddy. Thank you. Well, hey, Liz, what are you drinking today? Um, so I was I went to Quick Trip and I was gonna get something like cool and old timey and like what would Queen Victoria drink? And then I saw. <laughs> Go on. Then I saw. Um, yes. They have this special Budweiser that was aged <laughs> in Jim Beam barrels, and I drank a lot of it last summer. Not too much, but uh, enough of it that I'm like, mm, that sounds really good. So, <laughs> drinking the Budweiser that they aged in Jim Beam barrels, you know, the way Queen Victoria would. Yeah. <laughs> like you do. Yeah. I. <laughs> hey, what do you got? Oh, man. Nothing that fancy. Mm-hmm. I've got, uh, I believe it's, yep, Odell Brewing Company. Yep. Wouldn't you know it? Their IPA. Go figure. Well, you know, like a boss. You got to get sponsored one of these days. That's kind of my hope by somebody. Some IPA somewhere will be like, somebody likes this crap. Yep. Hey, (laughs) dude, hit me up. I am that guy. Yes, you are. I am that guy. Well, hey, Liz, uh, you approached me because you wanted to talk about uh, the wonderful, the wonderful upcoming holiday. Yes. Halloween. 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 So what what is it about Halloween that really that really seems to strike a chord with you? Because I think we all, I think everybody, everybody as a as just a person, I have yet, I think, to find a person that hates Halloween. I mean, honest, honestly, sure. truly, everybody fucking hates Christmas because yeah. Jesus Christ. But I mean, like Halloween's the one time where you can be like, I get to be fucking creepy. Like I get uh-huh. to really let that. I spend all year being be, normal, being normal, being nice. <laughs> Saying hi to people, now I can really just try to scare the fuck out of them. I think that's a component of it. For Halloween, there is something for everybody. Mm-hmm. There's trick-or-treating for kids, but we, whether you are, you and I, we like to play characters. We like yes. to play dress up and play characters. Yeah. Whether or not that is one of your interests or hobbies or whatever, it's still fun to be somebody else, even just for an evening. Oh, yeah. And it feels like, at least in my life, as soon as you grew out of trick-or-treating, people started having parties, and it was like put on a weird costume and come to this party. And like, Oh sure. You know, I was not one of those like party hard kids, like drugs and drinking when I was in high school. But like, I still loved going to my friend's house and like, we would raid the theater uh, costume closet and find costumes and, um, go and trick or treat in his neighborhood when we were far <laughs> too old to be trick or treating. Ah. Um, and then, you know, you get to college and all bets are off. It's like, Hey, put on a costume and just get hammered somewhere. Yeah. And now I I guess I've always been one of those people that I I don't like to go with like a pre-made obvious costume. Oh really? I like to be you- one of those like one year when I was 15, I went as an intergalactic hitchhiker. <laughs> I wore just my regular ass clothes, but I had a towel and a thumb ring. Well, duh. and I made my own little this is 2005, so like Kindles are not a thing yet. Right. Which the first time I read that book, completely unrelated. First time I read that book, I read it on a Kindle, okay. and like I had to put it down and go. <laughs> this is the thing he was talking about. <laughs> <laughs> like the only way it would have been worse was if it was an actual iPad, and then it'd be like, I I can't finish it now. Right, like, right. I have to live with that movie. We've gone too far. <laughs> um, but I I like to do clever costumes because. Half the fun of Halloween is standing there and trying to explain what you are for 30 minutes to someone who stopped paying attention 29 minutes ago. 
or or even more so am i you get it's not the mat like when you walk into a room dressed as somebody and everybody recognizes who you are it's Mm -hmm. almost it's it's literally almost just the one or two people Mm -hmm. when you've been hanging out with them for like four hours who are like oh yeah i get it i know who you are and you haven't even talked to them yeah you know that is almost that's almost the bee's knees like that's almost where it's at like what was i last year i feel like i was something stupid last year (laughs) so stupid oh i was janet i was janet from the good place right and taylor was bad janet and like that's right we did it we did pretty well and then the year before that i was uh the girl off the morton salt canister and like okay, I made, nice. I made my own salt canister purse. Like, Aww. I like to just do really dumb stuff for Halloween, man. But it's creative, though. Yeah. Like it's not. And I, I get what you say about like not, not, um, not wanting like to go to Party City or, or the mm-hmm. Halloween store and like just buy something off the rack. Something that feels flame retardant. <laughs> <laughs> That has a picture of the character on it. Yeah. You know, like those, I had a lot of Disney princess pajamas as a kid and it was like always super close to the outfit. And then it had like a picture of Jasmine on it. It's like Jasmine wouldn't have her own picture. I'm trying to, I'm trying to cosplay here. Yeah. I don't this know what that means. Dumb. It's <laughs> yeah. just obnoxious. Yeah. God. But Halloween overall is just, I don't know. It, it ties so well into, I've always been obsessed with the Victorian era. Uh huh. And it ties so well into that because it's spooky and it's got old timey feels to it, but mm-hmm. it's still a very modern thing. And yeah, it grew out of, I mean, Halloween, truly Halloween as we know it came about, I want to say post-World War II, teenagers were getting unruly. So some lady was like, come to my house and we'll, I'll give you candy and we'll have a party. And then the, there's a drunk history about it. It's really great. She like invited all the teenagers, not in a weird way, invited all the teenagers in her town to her house and was uh-huh. like, let's have a party. Here's a band. The band is here. Like the high school band or whatever. Oh, sure. Um, You know, and because all the teenagers were occupied, they didn't fucking destroy the town that night. Bonus. <laughs> yeah. So that level of Halloween as we know it now came from that. But it's it's just a holiday that evolves, and I I don't know if it's because I'm an adult and I don't have kids. Yay! Um, <laughs> Rub it in. Uh huh. Um, <laughs> I don't I don't I have enough kids in my life between friends, kids, and nieces and nephews that I sure. could go and do like trick or treating and stuff. And oh, I yeah, have yeah. like with Bobby's niece, we did a little trick or treat thing once, but I don't have to, so I can yeah. do like all the fun grown up stuff. And so Halloween has taken on this new fun grown up thing. Sure. So, yeah. Okay. So what's so. Is what is your favorite? Is that dressing? Is it like the dressing up part? That's kind of your favorite aspect of it. I think so. Um, yeah. I also just really love the month of October because it's cooling off and changing and becoming dark and I don't know. It's transformative. That's, that's fucked up, dude. I know. That's not. That's not okay. I, I also I don't like it. I mean, even, even my wife. I mean, it could be the fact that she's been working twelve-hour days. Sure. But for the most part, it's like come around to be that time where mm-hmm. yeah. The days are a lot shorter. It gets darker a lot sooner, and uh-huh. it gets cold out. And both of us are just like, "Why are we so tired?" You're tired because that's how Why? you're. That's your um, monkey brain. Your monkey brain is like dark sleep. Yeah, but man. your your business brain is like, no, we invented light bulbs for this monkey brain. But sleep, <laughs> it's so good. It's so good. It's like it's being so dead without the commitment. I know. Oh, it's the best. Especially when you're in a nice warm blanket, right? And you're just like, hey. Fuck everything outside. And then you have a cat that jumps up on you and just starts making biscuits. Oh, see, and mine doesn't do that. They oh. just, like, d- refuse to move and lay right in between my legs, and then I can't, like, turn over or anything. Yeah. Because one of them's, like, super fat. Uh-huh. I got one of those. It's he's terrible. He's, but he's got the tiniest paws, so he steps on you, and you're like, oh. Oh, <laughs> oh you're going to puncture an organ. <laughs> but I didn't come here to talk about my cats for once. Oh. <laughs> Okay, so yeah, tell me a little bit. So you've have you done a little bit of research? I, because I have this piece of paper. <laughs> well, hey, that's fair enough. That's I made fair some enough. notes. So, so you were touching base a little bit about like it dwelling back kind of into the Victorian mm-hmm. area. How how do you make that connection? Um, well, I recently actually came to find out. I discovered something about my youth that makes me very sad. I thought I was in love with the Victorian era, and I am. I am. Okay. I, I, but what my parents especially my dad sold me as the victorian era was actually the edwardian era 
Okay. <laughs> and I know that's that's not the bombshell to everybody that it is to me. Um, so when I was a kid, and even now still, there were these dolls called American Girl dolls. And there was oh one, yeah, you have a daughter. You, yep. you're you're gonna familiar. Get, you're gonna get there soon. Uh-huh. Um, they're very expensive. They're beautiful. They're not meant to be played with. <laughs> no. There was one named Samantha. My parents bought her for me because she had dark hair and dark eyes. So naturally, we were the same. Right. Um, she grew up in 1904. That's the tenant of these dolls. They live in a specific per- period oh. in American history. Cool. Okay. Um, and this girl, Samantha, lived in 1904 with her fancy grandmother. Ah. Because something happened to her parents. You know, it's 1904. Everybody's right. parents are dead. Yep. Um. So she lives with her fancy grandmother, and my dad was like, yeah, this is so great, the Victorian era, blah, blah, blah. And then I recently found out, probably a month ago, that 1904 was definitely the Edwardian era, and I felt cheated, because I was like, no, I like all that shit, too. <laughs> so, like, so, so really, nothing has changed other than the title. Yeah. I mean, really. You know, a rose is a rose, but still. Um, <laughs> So okay, so with, so I, I realize this is again getting completely yeah. off topic. This is getting off the rails, but I love it anyway. Fast. Um, so what is the Victorian area? Era, <laughs> area. Both. Um, so the Victorian era is named after Queen Victoria of England. Mm-hmm. Um, something like eighty percent of European royals can trace their bloodline back to Queen Victoria. Oh, holy shit! She's she was smart. Right. She knew, you know, how royals always like married one another, and that's why uh, they yeah. all had like six toes and hemophilia. Neat. Um, she she had like nine kids. I think Queen Elizabeth like just outpaced her as longest running monarch. Oh, okay. Um, but she was prolific in England. You know, this is the mid to late eighteen hundreds. Photography uh-huh. is becoming a thing. People are finally seeing a honest to god picture of the queen. Mm-hmm. But one of the things that made Queen Victoria so different from people before her was, first of all, she was a queen. Right. Um, generally, and even in a lot of places still, the the line of succession went to the next born male, whether he was the oldest or the youngest. And for whatever reason... The reigning monarch didn't have any sons, and Queen Victoria was like his far-out niece who came to England, and they were like, okay, you're going to be queen. (laughs) She's like 18. (laughs) She has no business being queen. Okay. And one of the things that really set Victoria apart from a lot of these other monarchs leading up to her was when she married her husband, Albert, Prince Albert, Yeah. of, you know, the can. (laughs) Right. Um, They were in love. That that didn't happen. It was like, hey, you're a girl. We have this land. He's a boy. They have that land. You're going to get married, so now we have all that land. Right, right, right. But this was, oh, my gosh, Albert's so cute. Do you think he likes me? And it was like that for the duration of their marriage. Okay. And then nice. Albert, Albert died kind of young. Uh-huh. So Victoria spent the last 40 years of her life in mourning. Oh, boo. Yes, because she loved her husband. She wasn't right. like, oh, okay, that one's dead. Who's got more land for me? She was like, Betcha. She's like, I have these nine children. My husband is dead. I'm devastated. I'll never be the same. She never was. Okay. She's, you know, she's often depicted as being very grouchy, but she was just sad. Oh, you know. fair enough. Okay. Um, But so much happened under her reign because it was so long. Right. And it's like, you think about that period. So it was essentially the latter half of the 19th century. Okay. A lot of shit happened. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, and a lot of her her reign touched so much of society. Look at your house. It's a Victorian house. It is a Victorian house. The style of architecture, the style of dress. Um, you also had the Industrial Revolution in there for the first time. Oh, yeah. 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 Um, this was the invention of celluloid That's that led to... Um, mass-produced goods that led to Victorians freaking loved clutter. If you ever see a picture of an accurately destro- um, accurate, accurately restored or an actual period photograph, they just had shit everywhere. <laughs> everywhere. They oh. loved knickknacks and <laughs> things and yeah. stuff. Yeah, they, they just, did. And I, I identify with them on that level. I'm like, yes, yes. I, I have 55 porcelain cats at home, but this one gets me. 
Um, so they liked ornate little detailed things and, sure. um, you had the, the precursor to plastic being invented. So like crap was cheaper. Wow. <laughs> so it was easier for people to pretend to be wealthy. Mm-hmm. You know, they didn't have to, they didn't have to buy the finest. They could buy painted plastic. So glad that we came out of that as a species and we don't do that anymore. <laughs> Right. Uh-huh. <laughs> Another way that I identify with the Victorians, I love pretending to be wealthier than I am. Oh, yeah. Oh. Isn't yeah. it fun? Isn't oh, it fun? It's, it's a pleasure, Mark. Yes. Yes, it's quite nice. Sitting out in the Arctic. Yes. Drinking off of my can of beer. My IPAs. Yes. Beer was also a big component of the Victorian era. Your mom's a big component. I'm leaving. I'm not really leaving. That was a joke. <laughs> <laughs> hey, calm down over there. I Jesus. Kicked, I kicked the microphone. You, you haven't even had one. For those of you listening. Oh. For those of you <laughs> and listening. it just hit back. <laughs> yeah. The microphone and I are in a terrible fight. Um, Funny. So you had this world that was rapidly changing in the Victorian era. Yeah. And despite all of the technological and societal advances, you also had this weird religious resurgence. Really? Yeah. Like uh, just like Catholicism, or was it uh, was it like anything specific? Or was Mormonism it just... was coming up really big. Okay. Um, a lot of those kind of offshoot religions. Catholicism has kind of been the background program running throughout history. Sure. But it's a program that needs debugging in a big way. Yeah. Um, it's the program crashing all your other programs that you're like, <laughs> no, I need this. <laughs> um, so this is like the rise of. Quakers and a lot of those other kind of uh, weird religions offshoots. that aren't so much around. They're kind of there if you look really hard, but they're not sure. so much there. Okay. And that's where we get to kind of the meat of what I wanted to talk about, spiritualism. Okay. So for whatever reason, there's this area in upstate New York. It's called now the Burned Over District or the, yeah, the Burned Over District. Um, and this is where a lot of religions, Mormonism is one that's brought up a lot. They spent some time there and it's this very beautiful idyllic sort of very similar to the area we live where it's just a lot of wooded area sure peaceful and beautiful so it was inspiring for people and they felt at peace with themselves and nature and they felt like they could feel god there okay okay and over time this religion that religion kind of moved out of there and you know the mormons went to utah and the quakers went to Philadelphia to do oatmeal, I think. I don't know. Um, I don't know. I don't know what happened to the Quakers. If you know what happened to the Quakers, please write into the show. Please don't. I don't care. I don't care. Um, So you have this area that's already kind of mystical. Uh People have beliefs about this area. And um, spiritualism grew out of there as well. Okay. So let's okay. talk about let's talk about what spiritualism is because you hear a lot of people say I'm not religious, I'm spiritual. Yeah, it seems like a like a like a very blanket statement, mm-hmm. a very vague description of what you believe. Modern the modern idea of I'm spiritual shares a little bit with it where it's like I don't need church and I don't need religion and I'm using air quotes you because it's a podcast, you can't see that. I'll get them really close to the you, microphone. Oh, there! Did you hear him? You, you got to be quiet. Okay. <laughs> um. So you know, it's about there's a lot of natural things to it. Like I go out into the woods and I feel God there and creation and all that. Spiritualism in this time was like, hey, ghosts are real, and I can talk to them. Neat. And they have some ideas about uh, both morals and ethics, and we can ask them questions. Wow. Yeah. So this this is literally like the first, I feel like, uh, like where mediums were born. This is exactly where mediums were born. Shut up. It's also appropriate for us to talk about it. It's great cross-promotion for the show as well. (laughs) Yeah, I know. That's why I'm like, oh, this is weird. For those of you listening to the podcast who don't know, uh, Mike and I play... um, Psychic Gina and her doting husband Don in our show that you can see November 9th at the Weber Center here in La Crosse, Wisconsin. I'm in Winona, yes. but it's in La Crosse. Yes. <laughs> um, 
Yes. Yeah. It's tickets tickets uh, on sale at Brown Paper Tickets. Brown Paper Bag. No, Brown Paper Tickets. Brownpapertickets.com. Uh, search for Live from Lacrosse. You can also find us on Facebook. End of selfless promotion. Okay, I'm sorry. Continue. End of the first selfless promotion. Sorry, it probably will come <laughs> up again. It's definitely going to come up again. Sorry. Um, it'll be organic, I promise. Um, so, yes, this is where mediums began. They were like, <sighs> it's remarkably similar to today's time because. Really? you had all these technological and scientific and like people knew what a germ was and like pictures were a thing now. And like the radio was this far away and someone was like, but ghost though. And people were like, Oh, but ghosts though. <laughs> and you know how now it's like, we go to space and like the internet and like all sorts of stuff. And people are like, but essential oils, though. And someone else goes, but essential oils, though. But crystals, bro. Yeah. And here's the thing. It's not a perfect analogy because there's no such thing. There are some essential oils that do things. Like if you sniff peppermint oil, your stomach feels better and your headache goes away. Uh, but like sure. frankincense isn't going to cure cancer, my dudes. Yeah. yeah. Let's let's think about this. Yeah. Um, so, and they're very similar in that the scientists of the time were like, no, no. Like, look around. Like, no. That's, we would know by now. I just pull the pine cone out of your ass and back away. Uh huh. Humans, humans are adorable because we always think we have it figured out. Yep. And then you, you need to do everything in your life with the idea that in 50 years, someone's going to laugh at the ideas you had. That, yes. Yeah. Holy shit. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Either because they're so mind-numbingly stupid that someone's going to go, oh my God, how, how did you even think that was real? Or they're so brilliant that someone's go, is just going to go, how did it take us that long? <laughs> why, right? was, why was this clown the one who figured it yeah. out? What happened there? Yeah. What? God damn. In 50 years, someone will be laughing at your ideas. Just wait. Oh, I know. Just like I'm, I'm, I'm supremely confident. Already, I feel like I've had people laughing at like, like just when I said I was going to start a podcast, like literally... Uh, when I consciously had made the decision that I was going to start a podcast, but I hadn't like announced it. I hadn't, I hadn't even started recording. I was just kind of, I I was building the framework to make this podcast. And I just saw somebody like tweet something like, well, I guess every one of my friends has a podcast now. And I'm like, "Ah, fuck. Like, I just felt so dumb. And I'm like, (laughs) Yep, yep, that's, yep. I'm going to launch a podcast, and then everybody's going to be like, oh, great, another one, loser. It's so different from every other form of media, though, because, like, it takes a lot of work to write a book or a play or a movie or a TV show, and then you've got to convince so many people that your book or your play or your movie or TV show is good enough to, like, be in it or sell it or promote it or edit it or publish it, whereas a podcast, you're like, I got a computer, a microphone, and a whole bunch of ideas. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's pirate radio for a new age. Oh, hey, fuck yeah, man. I have a marketing degree. I'm very good at these things. <laughs> <laughs> hey, let's talk. <laughs> That's, I mean, podcasts are very pure media at this point. Yeah, they're, they're, they're very, yeah, very direct. They're becoming more and more commercialized, of course. I. Yeah. I remember when I was getting that marketing degree being someone trying to sell me on business podcasts. And I was like, this, this seems like the perfect way to crash your car into a ditch. And then someone was like, did you know there's comedy podcasts? And I was like, wiggity, what? (laughs) Let's back that car up a second. (laughs) Get in, bitch. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway. Yes. um, Ghost and mediums. Ghost and mediums. So we're in the burned over district. Yep. It is. What year is it? Let me uh, look at my notes. But I bitches, took notes. bitches are like ghosts, yo. Um, it's 1848, March hmm. 31st to be exact. And there's these. There are two sisters, Kate and Margaret Fox. Oh, okay. And they are in their home mm-hmm. one night, and mm-hmm. then they start hearing knocking on the walls inside the walls. They hear knocking. Oh, balls! And they start talking. Like the the walls start, or the no, two the girls. Boom. The okay. girls start. You know, asking questions. Who are you? What are you doing? And the knocking continues, and they finally figure out it's the ghost of a peddler who was murdered 
in or around their home yeah. and now haunts their home. Oh, balls. So they hold a seance. Of course. Of course they do. Um, and seances were huge. They were like, you could basically sell tickets to them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like people were in these big vaudeville theaters holding yep. seances. And um, the knocking is what really brought the Fox sisters to the forefront. Because our human brains love evidence. Whether we touch it, hear it, see it, we love evidence. Yeah. We don't do well just believing. Sure, sure. But when you can hear the... That's evidence. Yeah. Oh, my God. It's knocking. I can hear it. Uh-huh. You know, ghost photography. Like I said, this is the advent of photography. Oh, sure. You know, we might have perfected Photoshop, but people were out there faking ghost photographs <laughs> from day two. <laughs> they were like, I took a picture of a bird <laughs> and the ghost of a bird. <laughs> Ta-da. <laughs> um, so these Fox sisters, they're going out on tour there are a whole bunch of these other mediums who are out there going on tour, doing these things where they're entranced and they're speaking as others and all of this. And the Fox sisters were the Fox sisters were the Kardashians of their time. Really? Everybody wanted to know, everybody needed to see them. Everybody wanted to know what they were doing. Okay. Holy because shit. of the knocking. They were able to do this thing that so many other people couldn't. They had this evidence. And I don't know how many years down the road, but a number of years down the road, they were finally like, we made it all up. No shit. We they were, did. We were cracking our toes. They had some, they both had something with their toes where they could like crack their toes in a way that was so loud. It sounded like knocking. That's fucked up. Uh-huh. Like I, uh, like yeah. not not the whole part of like swindling like the entire country uh-huh. or whoever you like just the part of them cracking their toes uh-huh. so lo- that's fucked up dude it's all about your gimmick baby get that checked out it's all about the g- <laughs> it's the 1800s they're gonna go to a doctor and they'll be like you're a woman there's nothing we can do <laughs> <laughs> have fun dying your bones are haunted let's do cocaine about it <laughs> exactly yes so okay, well what do you okay I want to ask you though, do you um do you believe in spirits or ghosts or or any of that? H- have you experienced anything in your lifetime that that leads you to believe that to be true? That's such a good question because Yes. Oh, I, here's, here's the meat, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. Listen in. I went to a college that touted itself as the second oldest college west of the Mississippi. Wow. Okay. Established in 1839. Hot damn. There was a building. Um, I'm going to just say it's Loris College. Um, do what? Do Hawks. Um, if, there are any, if anybody's listening, um, you never know. You never know. Hi, Jim Collins. Um <laughs> He's the president of the college. He's, very, <laughs> he's cool as hell. Um, anyway, there's this hall called, Ho- called Hoffman Hall. And Hoffman is, Hoffman was very important to me because it's where all the business classes took place. Okay. And it's where the theater was. Oh, okay. So sure. marketing degree, did theater. Yep. It was closest to where my dorms usually were for the four years. Okay. Um, just an important place, very iconic place, actually the oldest building on campus. Okay, nice. At a time, that time being the Civil War, it was a Civil War hospital. Oh, shit. It's an old building, and parts of it have been torn down, and parts of it have been rebuilt, and there's this, like, 200-year-old chapel. It's not actually 200 years old. It's, like, 150 years old. But this very old chapel sure. on the second floor. Uh-huh. Lots of people had experiences in here. Okay. Lots of people saw orbs. Orbs are a very common manifestation. Yeah, yeah, that's um, what I hear. Yeah, yeah. I was leaving play practice one night, uh-huh. walking down the hall with a couple friends, and this door, this exterior door at the very end of the hallway, yep. swung open. Like somebody walked through it and swung closed. There's no wind. That door stayed tight, flush like, to the building. It's latched. It didn't. It wasn't one, you know, there are doors yeah. that kind of swing in the wind. Yeah, yeah. Open like someone went through it and closed. 
spooky enough until I tell you the rest of the story. Oh, I'm, God. Okay. I'm in a different hall. I'm in Hennessy. 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 Um, Hennessy was a, and I'm going to use the air quotes again, home for wayward girls. Ah, uh, okay. And uh, I had just finished telling my friend Pat about this because he was also in the play. I told him about the door swinging open. He's like, uh-huh. oh, oh, oh. And I got up with a group to give a presentation in this class. Okay. And I distinctly remember my psychology professor going over to the door, pushing the door shut, hearing it click. Uh Uh-huh. And then halfway through the presentation, this door is, so there's this door, there's a hallway door and an exterior door. Okay. Halfway through our presentation, that door opens like someone walked through it and shut again. And I looked over at my friend Pat, and I'm pretty sure he shit his pants right there. <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit. Um, I don't know why the ghosts in this school would be opening doors. That seems silly. But, you know, I suppose you, know, you grow, hey, you, you grow you, nostalgic. You can never know enough. You never know it all. So you know what I, I mean? I will not say that ghosts are real because I've never seen one. I've never been up close seen a ghost, felt a ghost, heard a ghost. Sure. But I'm not going to say they're not real. You 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 have enough. I'm not going to piss them off by saying they're not real. Not in this house. Well, <laughs> uh, I I we just my wife and I just recently moved. We haven't even lived here a year yet. Mm. It's a nice, it's a beautiful old Victorian house. Um but uh so you've seen enough mm-hmm. to at the very least leave you skeptical. Yep. But you're not a full believer. Yep. Do you do you ever feel anything here in this house? Do you no. ever feel see Nope. No. No, nothing. They smudged it real good. Uh, they must have <laughs> really burned a lot of sage in yep. here, you know? That's what and smudging is. You you smudging. burn sage, they call it smudging. Oh, fair. Oh, yes. Yes. Yeah. I was actually uh just at my best friend uh James Fleischman's wedding. Mm-hmm. And we all got smudged before we mm-hmm. moved to the wedding party. It's a cleansing thing. Yeah, yeah. It was very nice. Yeah. It was very nice. Um, okay, that's weird. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of creepy. That's that's a really good story. I know that Emily uh, mm-hmm. Emily Ware. Um, yeah. She did the Lord of the Rings episode um, with me. She has got yeah. some fucking stories, mm-hmm. dude. Like, and not just like the oh, like I saw a ghost and it scared the crap out. Like, like physical violence yep like and that's crazy i felt something grab my arm one time when i was laying in my dorm really laying in my bed and maybe it was a muscle spasm i don't know but i had my arm kind of at a funny angle Uh uh-huh and something grabbed my arm that's fucked up again it could have been a muscle spasm but it really did feel like somebody grabbed my arm to wake me up sure sure um yeah there are but I, i imagine you've heard plenty of other stories yeah Oh, at Loris, there was a ghost tour every Halloween. I never really? got to go on it, but there are so many stories that grow out of like these urban legends. Or yeah, but there's this story of a door in Kane Hall. Now Kane is like the main hall, way uh-huh. up on the high point of the hill. It's beautiful. It's classrooms. It used to be dorms. Now it's offices. Okay. There is this story of a door, a wood grain door, mm-hmm. that has a face in it because. It used to be an all-male school, and this young man who went to the school got upset with his girlfriend for some reason, and he burned her up in his dorm room, and they keep replacing the door, but the face comes back. What the fuck? Now, that could be fake. I never saw the door. I looked for it, but I never saw it. (laughs) Okay, okay. You know, there are so many stories in that place because... It's what a hundred and sixty some years old now. Uh, sure, you can build stories. The, uh, you know, something gets blown out of proportion here. That you know, you build the lore exactly. Right, a guy and a girl had a fight in their room, and and now it's he burned her to death. Like, <laughs> and a face appears, whether it's exactly. hers or the dude's face, always exactly. appears. Yeah, yeah. You know, these things, especially it's a Catholic school, so you know this is especially bad. Like. <laughs> Ooh, ghost stories, Whereas, oh. you know, oh. because when you're when you're a part of that world, you're you're taught that ghosts are bad, and you know, when we die, God takes us home, and um, yep. But spiritualism really grew out of this idea that they're kind of like how Dante has his multiple circles of hell, 
spiritualism grew out of there are many hells and many heavens. Oh. Um, and this spirit world that these ghosts live in might run parallel to ours. Really? Kind of a Doctor Who sort of thing. Okay, okay. Um, I, I know that's a reference you'll understand where... Yes, ma'am. Um, they're kind of living on like a bubble on the edge of our bubble. And, you know, it's this idea that there might be different planes of reality that we don't... We don't know what happens when we die. Right. That's where it all comes out of. Um, I was... In my research, I came across... There's this idea of memento mori. And this comes from like the Renaissance, but it makes resurgences all the time. Okay. You've heard of the movie The Bucket List. Um, memento mori is Latin for remember that you too will die. Okay. Um, <laughs> realistic, a bit grim, but... Humans... We yeah. haven't... In, in the entirety of human history, we haven't always paid taxes. But we have always died. That's fair. So... It's that idea of it doesn't matter. We're going to die. And how do you deal with that? Mm -hmm. You know, does it make you brave? You know, there are plenty of people that the idea that they are going to die sooner rather than later or later rather than sooner, it makes them brave because who cares? Yeah. In 50, 60, 100 years, I'll be worm food. Who cares? (laughs) But it also makes some people very cautious because I could die at any moment. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So Memento Mori is a very stern reminder of like, hey, you're going to die, you know, dye your hair blue, who cares? Yeah, fair. Um, nice. So that made a huge resurgence in the Victorian era Okay. as well, that Memento sure. Mori idea. What are my other notes here? Um, <laughs> <coughs> I've also had to cough for like seven minutes and I hope you can edit that out. Uh, you're leave fine. It. I don't care. Yeah. Um, there's, Party. There's two other dudes I, I should talk about. Um, there's Swedenborg, which I thought is a name you would love. Swedenborg? Swedenborg. Um, he was a writer. He lived from 1688 to 1772. Okay. Um, he was like, hey, let's leave the spirits alone. <laughs> like he was, he was like, they're there. Yep, they are there. Move along. But let's leave them alone. <laughs> Nothing to see here. Exactly. He was the guy setting up like wet floor signs and like orange cones. Like just <laughs> keep back walking. away. Keep back walking. away. Um, he was the one that came up with that many heavens and many hells ideas. Oh, okay. Okay. Um, his, his idea was that like the spirits were an intermediary to the divine, like in the way that some people picture angels. Yeah. We could ask these spirits questions, you know, the Ouija board and. You oh, know, sure. Sure, sure. Spirits sure. know all. Yeah. Um, he was a, like a doctor of physiology and anatomy. So he was like one of the rare kind of science guys but you also have to remember he was an anatomy guy in the 1700s so yeah. he was like i don't know what a germ is um <laughs> how about a lobotomy yeah oh god lobotomies weren't even invented yet they were just like well you got an angry woman let's kill her <laughs> oh no, yeah that's, they didn't sorry they didn't do that <laughs> close they i'm, almost, sure, I'm I mean, sure they hazed him pretty good they they hazed him so right <laughs> <laughs> so right yeah knock the uh Knock the good right into him, right? Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then you also had Dr. Mesmer. He was a uh, teacher. He lived from 1734 to 1815, so he's a younger guy. Mm-hmm. Mesmer. Does that word make you think of anything? Mesmerize? Mesmerize. Oh. He is the father of hypnotism. Shut the fuck up. Uh-huh. So he, he believed that through hypnotism, he could draw spirits through people. And it's like, we still use hypnotism today. Yeah, we it's do. To, I know there are different people in the, the psychology community who use it for thera- therapeutic purposes. We mm-hmm. use it for tricking your brain into like not eating cheeseburgers or smoking anymore. Yep. Like, yep. we still use that idea. Yeah. Um, but he used it back then to draw out spirits. Wow. Did yeah. it, like... Did it work? I mean... He put people into a trance and then they said things. You know, there okay. was there was these trances. There was automatic writing, which was like when you just put a pen in somebody's hand and then they just kind of like... Oh, just go. Whatever the subconscious was. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. There were a lot of different things. It's it's like, like I said, the Ouija board comes out of that too. Like, yeah. Just the idea that these spirits can speak to our, our unconscious mind, mm-hmm. but not our conscious mind because they're on a different plane and all that. Um, that's kind of what these guys were on, except Swedenborg was like, leave him alone. <laughs> I just love that. I love that concept that like there was a guy out there who's like, hey, hey, gang. Hey, everybody. 
what, what, why don't we just not? Like, I, I actually, I genuinely like, like, he's the ghost pacifist. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, he's like, let's learn more. Let's do this. Let's antagonize. Let's let's try to communicate. And he's like, how about we just don't? You know, he's he's the guy with a girlfriend who lives in Canada. You know, like, oh, I definitely have a girlfriend. Her phone is broken, and and she doesn't like to be photographed. But um, I definitely have one. She just lives in Canada. It's cool. Oh my god. Or maybe she lives in Sweden because he's Swedenborg. Oh balls. Yeah, and then, okay, there's one final thing I do want to touch on. Yeah, hit me. And then we can probably start wrapping it up. Um, there's there's a strong tie between, and this is going to shock you, spiritualism mm-hmm. and the Native Americans. Oh, yep. If you look, okay. at, you look at the time period mm-hmm. and you look at so much about Native Americans, it's an obvious fit. There was a lot of unrest around... Natives having their land stolen, their children stolen, their culture stolen. Mm-hmm. And now spiritualism is just... Spiritualism might be the original American cultural appropriation. Because, okay. And I, I got receipts. Um, <laughs> Native cultures, be it Native American or any, any other First Nations, yep. they rely heavily on nature yep. and the spirits that dwell within. Mm-hmm. Whether it's within you, within the animals, the plants, Mother Earth herself. Sure. And now you got all these white bitches coming in here like, oh, there's a dead hobo in the walls of my house. I'm going to crack my toe knuckles about it. God damn it. God damn it. Because, Uh, as you can imagine, much like essential oils, spiritualism did permeate heavily with white middle and upper class women. Shocking. (laughs) It's because they had extra time on their hands. Yeah. Um... So extra toes to crack. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> because they're all Victorians and they're all related. They have six toes in hemophilia. G- genetic. You know, it's genetics. It's a flat circle. So the Native Americans were like, hey, you're stealing our land, and then it feels a little bit like you're making fun of us. So um there were a lot of co- confrontations with Native, Amer- Native American tribes that did eventually le- lead to this kind of understanding of we do have spirits. We have them. Whether or not yours are real, ours are real. And through these conversations with the Native Americans, the people who were big in spiritualism, it kind of launched them into reforms of other kind. This is also an era that's big for women didn't have jobs. Mm -hmm. They were, you know, so especially upper class women with a lot of money. Yep. They had time to protest things like women's suffrage or oh, sure. um, child labor laws, uh, food purity laws, all that sort of stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All those reforms, these same women who came from this upstate New York, it's almost like there was this weird split between like the ones who were like, spiritualism is real, and the ones who were like, women should vote. Not those women, maybe, but women. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, so these they both kind of grew out of the same area, and it's very interesting to see some of the crossover between... this spiritualism, but also this reform movement. Okay. Women's history of this time is fascinating. I took a course on it in college in that same haunted building. Oh my gosh. Um, and women's history in this time in America is very fascinating. And if I, if I ever come back to a show, maybe I'll talk about that just to, I have a feeling this episode is going to put nine or 10 people to sleep and that's fine. (laughs) Enjoy the sleep podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I, uh, no, <laughs> no. This is this is fascinating. This is really it's, interesting. It's stuff I was into for a very long time, and I remember a couple years ago telling my mom that I was like super into ghost stories and stuff. She's like, "Yeah, I never would have let you. You were getting those books from the library. I never would have let you get those." And I was like, <laughs> "Here's the thing. My parents, when I was a kid, yeah, their job was putting tombstones in cemeteries. What?" No. Yes. You're making that up. My grandfather did it too. So this era, the the late 1800s into early 1900s, if you ever go through a cemetery, if you'd ever like to go through a cemetery, I love walking around and talking about all the useless shit I know. <laughs> um, tombstones became an art form. First of all, it was a way to flex your wealth. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. And second of all, 
people that Memento Mori permeated this too, where it was, we're all going to die. Mm-hmm. Cemeteries became like parks. Like you were encouraged to take a picnic lunch. That's like why really? when people are like, you're desecra- desecrating graves and you walk through a cemetery. That's why the cemetery's there. Well, right. That's like, why so many are called memorial parks. What, like, what the? What do you? What else are you supposed to do when you walk through a cemetery? The Victorian cemetery movement was all about creating these municipal spaces. Yeah. That yes, there are bodies buried six feet below you, but this is still a space. This is still a beautiful space to appreciate creation and your life. You'll be here someday. Take your time. Like um, in Lacrosse. There's Oak Grove Cemetery. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. There used to be this huge, gorgeous, ornate fountain right in the really? front. Really? I didn't it, know that. It was vandalized extensively post-World oh. War II and had to be removed. Oh, damn it. Right? Um, but yeah, the the cemeteries of that era were designed not to make you think of death, but to be artistic. And the symbolism behind the things that are on... Um, on some of these tombstones, mm-hmm. like the urn is mourning and, you know, you, you walk through and you see carved out of granite, this ornate urn. And then there's like a fabric draped over it, carved out of stone. Like this is yeah. real art. Yeah. And that even until, let's see, my parents got out of it in like 04. Up until around then, it still was. It became less so about symbolism and more so about personal symbolism. You know, sure. baseball bats, cardinals, flowers. Yep. Um, but my parents were still doing that when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. So I spent a lot of time in cemeteries. I was around this stuff, and that's kind of where it came from. Like, it never freaked me out or weirded me out. It was like, I want to learn more about this. What is, what is this? Why are, why are we like this as people? It's like fucking goths were onto something. Yeah. Like, I, I hate to admit it. I hate to admit <laughs> it, but it uh, sounds like goths. We're onto know? something. What is life, man? Gothic means more than just the kid with bad eyeliner from your high school class, you know? <laughs> I, I know, but that's how, that's what I. Yeah, of course, of course, but they are. They are thinking in the way that these Victorians are of like, you're going to die anyways. But they're like on the really nihilistic side of it. It's like, oh, yeah. Yeah, you're going to die. So, like, fucking enjoy your time. Like, Right, right. Have a cookie. Learn to skateboard. Watch a movie. Like, (laughs) do do something. Do something. Go outside. Go live. Read a book. Live. Have you ever pet a cat before? They're beautiful. (laughs) I told you I'd bring them back. (laughs) We've come full circle. We have. We always do. I fucking love it. Um. So yeah, it's goths. Maybe only halfway had it right. (laughs) (laughs) Memento mori. Memento mori. But also memento vivere. Remember that you have to live. Oh, f- it nice. Makes, wouldn't that make Shut like the coolest up. tattoo? Wouldn't that, that make like would. the coolest tattoo along like your your like forearms, like memento mori, memento vivare? Yeah, so much better than the whatever live, laugh, love, or whatever the hell people get. Yeah. <sighs> oh, you memento mori is to the spirit spiritualist what live, laugh, love is to essential oil. Oh moms. my god, really? You did it. I did it. <laughs> it's the perfect analogy. <laughs> Uh, sorry, or maybe that's good. I never change, only grow. (laughs) (laughs) So, okay, well, so the Victorian area, it sounds like was was a a heavy influence on what we call kind of Halloween and Mm -hmm. and really the Victorian area era. Um, I keep saying area. You'll fix it in post. I, it's fine. No, I won't though, because I'm gonna be too lazy. I'm it's sorry, fine. everybody. It's the your vi- quirk. It's so fine. yeah, now I'm just gonna say area sure. every time. It works. It works. Just like ablum. Ablum. I would like to hear the your new ablum. Well, it's not out yet. Okay. <laughs> so, the Victorian area, it sounds like, was really heavily influenced, or at least uh, in part, it, it seemed to kind of kick off this whole spooky image that eventually really started to um, influence Halloween. Mm-hmm. It seems like because I mean, we, we all see it. We all we all see that. And, and, it, and it really it strikes a chord with me whenever I see like Halloween or um, and I see something from, you know, I, I see, you know, uh, Freddy or I see Jason sure. or I see zombies. And I'm just kind of like snooze like, mm-hmm. oh, 
But then I see some chick dressed up like in a tattered Victorian dress or something, not looking that bad, yeah. but looking enough. And I'm like, that I, I don't, I don't, I don't. Is mm-mm, actually, mm-mm. it's really funny that you bring this up. I have two points. First of all, if you think Victorians influence Halloween, we'll have to talk about Christmas sometime. <laughs> <laughs> I guess Liz is coming back to talk about Christmas. I'll be back for Christmas. Um, <laughs> um, but also, I watched a really interesting YouTube video on Vox. If you are not watching Vox's YouTube channel, do yourself a favor and pull some of their stuff up. They've got great stuff. Okay. But when you look at spooky imagery, mm-hmm. think of a haunted house. Yeah. What does the haunted house look like? Victorian. Victorian. Every Always. time. Every time. Because... They built all these beautiful ornate houses like the one you live in now. Mm-hmm. And around the Great Depression, so many people abandoned these houses. And they were so ornate and beautiful in their oh, prime yeah. Yeah, yeah. that in a way that like a post-war bungalow, like the paint will chip off, but like a Queen Anne painted Victorian. Yeah. Those lattice works start to droop yeah and all this different paint and the the ornate windows are smashed in and the porch is sagging and it Mm -hmm. looks so much creepier than any levittown house will ever look yup but there's like the adams family that was literally the genesis of spooky victorian houses yeah Yeah. and now they set the tone that every spooky house is victorian that's fair yes Well, yes. The Adams Family was a uh, comic strip before it was like a TV show, cartoon, whatever. Really? Okay. It was a comic strip and they lived in a creepy Victorian house. Oh my God. Mm -hmm. That, mm -mm. no. I'm a little too into this stuff. (laughs) No. Everybody that I have on this show is a little too into everything. I wasn't exposed to Star Wars as a kid, so I had to glom onto something else. (laughs) You do you, kid. You do you. I get it. I get it. Um, so what do you plan on doing this Halloween? Do you plan, like, is there any one tradition that you plan to do for Halloween? I definitely plan on having a costume that is too ornate, that takes too much explanation, and I'm really hoping I have enough time to make a novelty purse to go with it. Do we get a taste, a preview? Sure. Um, um, surprising no one, I am developing a love for the Art Nouveau style which I'm sure you've seen it. There's a lot of Star Wars fan art in Art Nouveau. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, like the big halos around heads and like picture like 1920s, like that sort of thing. Oh. Right before Art Deco. Okay. Okay. Art Nouveau. Okay. Yeah, um, sure. You would know it the second you saw it. Kind of riffing on that, but doing like a Grecian goddess sort of thing. Interesting. Yeah. I'm excited to see that. Yeah. Um, I love Halloween. My mom used to make costumes when I was a kid, so like I, I try to do that. I can't sew for shit, but I'm gonna try. Oh, I know. I feel <laughs> you. Uh, one of my favorite things, and I still remember it to this day, was when my brother and I, my late brother and I, he was at the time he was my older brother, but my mom made us because we bought the Ghostbuster proton packs. Right on. So she made us the fucking brown jumpsuits oh and it was gosh. it was the coolest guy so we had like all she had to do was make the jumpsuits and then sew on the patch yeah. and so on our name right yeah and it was the coolest fucking thing yeah it was so we walked around town we had our proton packs and we were blasting ghosts and whatever else collecting treats and i'm like this is amazing and of course i like i whatever i'm five six at the time so yeah. i'm like i did not at all appreciate it by the way mom if you're listening thank you so much for that that was amazing we never amazing. appreciate those things. No, we don't. I, I honestly like, and I was, I was thinking about it when you asked me about this. I'm like, I wonder when the last time was that I actually dressed up for Halloween. It has been a hot minute. Yeah. I think the last time I dressed up for Halloween was, um, was either when we had like a Halloween party at our first place that Becky and I live were living at, and I think I just dressed up as like an old timey like guy that rode around on a unicycle what a stretch for you i know i'm yeah yeah that's way far out there or it was when we all we did a theme mm-hmm. and uh becky was like this awesome uh i wish i could remember her name it was a star wars character i dressed up as like a uh anakin i had the robe and everything mm-hmm. it was a pretty cheap costume sure. it wasn't anything fancy the robe is still cool i still have the robe of course the robe's fucking badass yeah 
And then uh, Lee, uh, Elias, Liam wasn't born yet. Uh, Elias, we dressed him as uh, um, uh, Darth Vader. He picked right out on. the costume and like we got him a lightsaber and everything. It was really cool, except for like the meltdown he had like in the middle of the street. Those That's are what never Halloween's fun. About. You're never too old to have a Halloween meltdown. Never forget that. <laughs> I remember I was in college um, and I had this tank top with hearts on it and I decided I was going to be Cupid. So I got like a cheap ass bow and arrow and like some stupid wings. Sure. And I definitely at one point. So my college was on this hill and I definitely was coming from one party going to another and I tripped and I rolled like two blocks down the hill. Oh no. And I broke my bow and arrow and it was like the biggest tragedy of all time <laughs> because it's like, now I'm not Cupid. I'm just the bad idea fairy. <laughs> So I like a costume that can evolve when your accessories break. <laughs> That's fucking forward thinking there, Liz. You know, well played. You know, well, <laughs> when you're in college, your Halloween costume is about ease of running from the cops. <laughs> <laughs> I hate how true that is. Right. I, I, I did not. I was not that guy during college. I did not do that, but I've heard that about people where they're like, yeah, you know, I was thinking about going as this, but then I'd have to wear like a skirt uh-huh. and that just, you, you know, you just, you don't travel well in a skirt when you're I running. Was, I was at one Halloween party that got shut down to the cops. To be fair, it was like three or four in the morning. Oh my God. <laughs> and I distinctly remember like hiding in my friend's closet because it wasn't my house and my friend coming upstairs and going, what are you doing? I'm like, I'm hiding. And he's like, you're 21. You can leave. <laughs> it's like. Oh, bye everybody. <laughs> and then I distinctly remember. So this guy and his cousin were dressed in the blue and orange suits from Dumb and Dumber. Oh, sure. Everybody can picture him, whether you've yep. seen the movie or not. Yeah. And he was belligerent. <laughs> I don't know how he had the, the forethought to come get me, but just like, he's like, I want my jacket. And he started fighting with the cop and his cousin was like, let's go, let's get out of here. And I was like, okay. And then we watched him drive by in the cop car, <laughs> still wearing the blue suit. <laughs> I'm assuming in the back. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I uh, love Halloween so much. It's not a family holiday. It's a get drunk holiday. Get drunk holidays are great. Whether or not you drink. Uh, get drunk holidays. I, I should find a better word for that. Like, just fuck around holidays. Like, 4th of July or uh, New Year's. Yeah. Where it's not like, family tradition, togetherness, presents. It's like, do stupid shit yep. with your friends. Until dawn. Yeah. Those are my favorite holidays. Yeah. 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 I, I mean, and, and don't get me, everybody has their traditions. Even even families mm-hmm. have their Halloween traditions. But but you're right. You're exactly right. This this is one of those holidays that's just super great because of that fact. You can just kind of do whatever the hell you want to do. There's there there seems to be so little pressure. So little pressure. It's almost it's almost it's it's almost like frowned upon if you don't. Like in some small way, but like you, you don't, you don't do anything for Halloween. Like you, you can't even put up a skull. Just like come on, skull. Man. One single skull. One. A one. sparkly one, even. Or just let that spider do his thing up yeah. in the corner for like just a month. Yeah. Just let him go. Let him have at her. Let him <laughs> just take pride in his work. <laughs> I leave my. I have some Halloween decorations that we leave up in our house all the time. Like I have these like sparkly pillar candles on like tall candlesticks that are oh, like battery sure. operated and yeah, I have yeah. this weird like orb bottle that's like black and sparkly and then I have like a fake raven and I'm like yes I'm dark and spooky <laughs> these all came from Target <laughs> <laughs> we still have plates we still have plates that have like skulls on them and stuff that we got from Target because Target Midwest is, uh, this show is not sponsored by Target it is not hey ta- Yet. Target hit up a brother um, but we still use them like yeah. almost every day because yeah. we're just like, they're awesome. Yeah. They're kick-ass. Halloween is in your heart all the time, but not in like a Jack and Sally way. That's the one Halloween thing I don't like. I don't You don't. Like, you don't like Nightmare Before I Christmas. Like, I, I don't like what it's become. It's like Nightmare Before Christmas is some people's whole ass identity. And they're like, oh, our, yeah. our wedding is Nightmare Before Christmas themed. We're so quirky. And it's like, you're so quirky. Just like 25 other people today. Like... <laughs> It is fine to like that movie. Mm-hmm. It's got a bang and score. It's, you know, Tim Burton. So it's a yeah. thing. 
But like, there are people whose whole identity is liking Nightmare Before Christmas. You know, that's fair. If you're going to base your entire identity around a movie, find a better one. It doesn't have to be Citizen Kane, but like a better one. Yeah. You know, there are better Tim Burton movies. Fair, fair. No, that's that. That is true. Yeah. That was something I was going to ask you if, if whether or not first you, you enjoy it, if, if that's mm-hmm. like a thing for you, but do you believe it to be either? Because there's always the controversy. Is mm-hmm. it a Halloween movie? Is it a Christmas movie? It's a Thanksgiving movie. Split the difference. <laughs> okay. Now you can get the fuck out. Yeah, I'll leave. <laughs> no. Everybody knows that's the Charlie Brown season is Thanksgiving. Absolutely. Uh-huh. Where the poor, where the one poor brown kid gets sat on his the one side. His name is Franklin. I'm I sorry. Think. Sorry. Sorry, Franklin. That one poor kid gets sat on the one side of the table all by himself. It was the fifties. There were no black people. That's not true. <laughs> you know, that's not true. Char- Charles Schultz is from Minnesota. So there's that. That's an important thing to keep in mind in Minnesota. It's different. <laughs> yeah, no Prince was oh, on tour. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, Jesus Christ. Don't write me. Don't at me. Don't at me either. <laughs> I'm somebody different now. <laughs> oh, my God. We've learned so much. Have we? <laughs> no, no. I'm sorry. You learned the genesis of the term mesmerize. Which is fun. Yeah. That is super cool. You learned um, about cracking your toe knuckles. Which I can do. I can crack my toes. But I think that's really bizarre that they were just like... like God, you know, I get it, though. It's actually kind of brilliant in a weird way mm-hmm. for them to, to be sitting around long enough to be like, what do you want to do? I don't know. Hey, check this out, though. You have to remember. Hey, did you see that? You have to remember it's the 1800s. The Internet doesn't exist. Uh, and that's what I mean. Like, they're so, <laughs> they're so bored that they're just like, hey, I can crack my toes really loud. What if we said it was ghosts? I, I read all seven books that there are. <laughs> God. So you want to, <laughs> you want to just like rob go, people. Yeah, I kind guess, of. I guess it's the 1800s and our choices are kill or wait until something kills us. <laughs> Neat. <laughs> Let's have fun while we're at it. We're women. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking hell. Well, Liz, uh, I got, I got, I got nothing. You got nothing. I got nothing. You got any more you want to share about the Halloween season about the Halloween what it season. Brings? Um, I guess be safe. Um, also, if you honestly think that anybody's going to give your kids drug lace candy, you think too highly of your own fucking, fucking kids. hell. Stop. Stop if thinking someone, if that someone offers you drugs, say thank you because drugs are expensive. Nobody is handing out THC laced gummies. Also, if they are like, congratulations, you got chill ass kids for the next three days for real, like for real. Yes. You know? Oh, my God. Yes. You know? I'm sorry. I got way too excited about that. My apologies. I suppose THC would be different from CBD, but, like, yeah, give a kid a CBD gummy. You know? Like, okay. Just one, though. Jackson with an X is better now. (laughs) Oh, Xander. Here, have two. Oh, my God. Okay. We're, nope. We're, this is going to take us to a place where we don't want to go. I have a stand up bit about the daycare workers who gave the kids uh, melatonin gummies because, like, I wish I had thought of that. <laughs> oh, yeah. 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 All right. So, before I end every podcast, though, the more you know, is there something that you feel like anybody who listens to this podcast, uh, whether it's a book, a TV show, a game, mm-hmm. um, anything that you sure. have come across, nerdy, fun, interesting, that you think people who listen to this podcast might be interested in and should know about? I actually have something for this. Ooh. I recently, on Netflix, so if you have a Netflix subscription, you can watch this. It's called The Politician, and it's from Ryan Murphy, who did Glee and American Horror Story, Okay, starring Ben Platt and Gwyneth Paltrow. Um, e- fans of Wes Anderson and specifically his movie Rushmore will really enjoy this show. It's about Ben Platt is a senior in high school running for student body president because he's going to be president someday. He doesn't want to be president someday. He's going to be president someday. <laughs> okay. And it, like I said, it's got a really strong Wes Anderson vibe. So if you're into him and his movies, I think you'd really enjoy it. But it's also fun and a little bit dark. And a little bit goofy and very sweet. 
Oh. So. On Netflix. On Netflix. Either that or just watch The Good Place, please. Also, I started a new podcast. I'm not on it. I started listening to it. Should have phrased that better. Called The Office Ladies. Um, it's Jenna Fisher and Angela Kinney, Kinsey who play um, Pam and Angela respectively on The Office. Talking oh. about The Office office by or episode by episode. Really? Do, yes. do they do uh, do they but they just like go back and forth on, they, on it. They don't do like a like a commentary. No, they watch the episode and they like take notes about things they remember. And okay. I've always wanted a podcast like that about the office, but every podcast we found was just like two mediocre white guys who were like, I like the office, but it's not my favorite. And then like just telling you things that you had already read on Reddit. Okay. Whereas these two women are like let us tell you all about it. I had this question, so I texted the writer, and he answered it for me. <laughs> Do you remember when we filmed this? Let me tell you about the audition. Like, Nice. It's everything I've ever wanted, and I love it so much. So Fun. Office ladies, listen to that, too. Office ladies. That was probably too many things to talk about. <laughs> it's never too many things. I like a lot of things. You go, girl. You go. I will. Well, oh, I, sh- I sh- should go? Well, I mean, we'll say bye first. Oh, oh. So, hey. But thank you, Liz, so much for being here. Of thank course. you for tell, telling me all about the Victorian area and about Halloween. Yeah, thank you for having me. I'll be back for Christmas. Back for Christmas. Night when my eyes beheld an eerie sight, for my monster from his slab began to rise, and suddenly, to my surprise, he did the mash. He did the monster mash. The monster mash. It was a graveyard smash. He did the mash. It caught on in a flash. He did the mash. He did the monster mash. From my laboratory in the castle east to the mosque.